say that in unison. Say, way maker, way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. I don't know about you, but he's never broken a promise to me. He's a way maker, way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. 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 give you thanks this morning oh God you're worthy and we bless your name Jesus thank you for this season where we get to think about the fact that you've come to give us life and more life abundantly God that you entered the earth and became God with us Emmanuel God wrapped in flesh thank you that you are the reason for this season and Lord I pray for hope I pray for strength in the name of Jesus, God, all throughout our congregation, to all those who need it in body, spirit, or mind, in the name of Jesus, God. Now, as we prepare to break your bread of life, God, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you hide us behind your cross, God, that we feel your presence and your spirit, that you speak, God, that they hear not my voice, but they hear your voice, Holy Spirit. We'll give you praise and thanks in the name of Jesus. We pray. Give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. Even when I don't feel it, you're working, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can you feel the presence of God in this place? I want you to know something. You may be in the deepest parts of your life in despair. Things may not be like you want them to be. But where I came from, they had an old colloquialism about God. It said he may not come when you want him. But he's always on time. I want you to know this morning that we serve an on-time God. And you might be in the middle of your situation. You might be at the middle or the beginning of your sorrows. The beginning of the middle of your sickness. But I want you to know just because you don't see him moving doesn't mean he's not moving. For we have a wonderful God that is working behind the scenes. And he's working it out for your good. Hallelujah. Can you give him praise in the name of Jesus? Give God a hand clap of praise. We give God thanks. I never thought I'd see the day, but I have musicians behind me, and they're all related to me. Give Anna a hand and Haley a hand if they're doing this. We miss her, hon. He's out. He may be watching. 
but I'm um, glad that God is using the work to go on, that God is building the church of the day right before our eyes. They're not the church of tomorrow. They're the church of today. We're thankful for all our youth and all you do to make this day wonderful. A word from the Lord. I would be remiss if I didn't just stop for a second and uh, acknowledge the Messer family who's lost some loved ones and some of our dear friends who've lost some other people as well that we won't mention just yet. Um, for those who are out sick, we have a lot of people who are sick right now. Terry, if you're watching, Lamarck, we're praying for you. Pastor Pentecost, Derek, we're praying for you right where you are. You know what? I believe in the power of prayer. I pray right now, Lord God, wherever you, Lord God, wherever these people are, God, that are sick in our, among our fellowship, or those that are watching online that need a healing, God, you have the power of healing, divine healing. And I pray in the name of Jesus, God, right where they are, that they will feel your presence in your spirit. For Sister Archie, uh, Sister Cynthia and Brother Archie McLaughlin right now, for Sue and Norty Gilman, for Sister Dara Farr, God, for all of those who need a healing, for Gordon Wharf, for, for uh, Nana right now in the name of Jesus. We, we ask that you touch their bodies. For Nita, God, all those who are not feeling their best during this season, God, I thank you that you've given us the privilege and the ability to communicate online and to be able to minister, God, and I thank you for that. And thank you for all those who are online watching who may not be feeling the best of the Holy Spirit. We ask for divine healing in the name of Jesus. We give you praise and thanks in the name of Jesus. Amen. Somebody give God a hand clap of praise. We've been having a phenomenal youth. You guys can go down there. We, we've got somebody ready and we got videos queued up. Uh, we, we got people doing stuff. You guys can go ahead and go down. Uh, we miss Terry when she's gone, but thank God Terry spent some time training people uh, and even training the youth to stand in her stead when she's gone and she's not feeling well. Guys, everyone who's a part of our family, if you're sick right now and not feeling the best, there's something going around Michigan. I haven't caught it and I'm going to try to keep running as fast as I can so it doesn't catch me. <laughs> uh, but uh, it is going out and we want to make sure that we appreciate them. Why don't you give them a hand clap and let them know that we appreciate them. Prayers for the Messer family, a wonderful home going yesterday, as well as some dear friends of ours. We're praying for them. They know who they are. Um, thank you for all of those who were able to come last week. We had a bunch, a ton of fun in downtown Royal Oak. Why don't you give God a hand clap for that? <laughs> Terry is doing some great things, organizing those things. We've got some other things coming up, probably pottery and bowling, all sorts of things. I actually made some pottery. I'm, I'm kind of excited for, uh, we're going to pick that stuff up today. I'm kind of excited, Brother Ernie, to see how my cup uh, went, <laughs> ended up, see what kind of artist I am. You know, glazing can cover a multitude of sins. So uh, <laughs> it'll look a lot better <laughs> when it's finished and it's heated, Brother Dave. Uh, grateful to have Brother Dave here with us. He was supposed to be out today, but Praise God, he, he's here today. He didn't have to go to Jackson today, and we're grateful that he's here uh, to be with us and worship with us. Uh, the book of Luke, you stand if you can. If you can't, that's fine. Luke chapter 2, verse 22 through 38. Um, a very familiar passage of scripture. <laughs> and uh, Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 22, English Standard Version. Luke chapter 2, verses 22 through 38. I'll start reading, and when they pull it up, you guys can come along and catch along with me. Luke 2 and 22, we're going to go all the way down to 38 today. And it says this. 
And when the time came, they, they've got it up. They're moving fast. Uh, Luke chapter 2, verse 22. They're in Luke 2 and 2. They're working. They're getting there. They're, they're working hard, and they got some, some, some missing pieces, too. So we're grateful for them doing the things that they do. I want us to take this time and say I'm grateful for every, every person. Most times, if you ever just walked into a service and think the service just runs, there are people listening all week, the praise team stuff. There are Bible study teachers uh, that are going to teachers' meetings and listening to all sorts of stuff. There are people learning music, people running cameras, people running the back, people downstairs with the kids. It takes a lot of moving pieces to make ministry work, and we thank you for all that. Luke chapter 2, verse 22, when you have it, uh, you can read with us. If you don't, you're welcome to read it off of the screens. Let's read together. What does it say? And when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. And it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed by him, by the Holy Spirit, that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in the arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. According to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, hallelujah, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for the revelation to the Gentiles and for your glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to the, his mother, the Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign to the opposed, and a sword who will pierce your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple and worshiping him for, with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up to that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak to him to all who were waiting for the redemption of, of Jerusalem. I want to speak to you this morning from this topic. If you could help me preach this morning, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, he's worth the wait. You may be seated in the presence of God. Lord, speak your servants. Listen in Jesus name. We pray. Amen. This is a very familiar passage of scripture. This starts the period of the Gospels, the period when Jesus will come into the earth, this time that we celebrate into this season. But although we get it and we're on the backside watching this and sometimes we become dull to it or immune to it, 
sometimes we really don't realize how large this event is because we're starting at the Gospels and we're listening to Matthew and Mark and Luke and, and, and John, all the synoptics and John tell us about the birth of Jesus. But we really don't stop for a second to set the scene because if you know your Bible canon, you will realize that the last book of the Bible in the Old Testament is the book of Malachi. Why is that important? Because when Malachi is finished, God has started with Adam and he'd been, he'd been speaking throughout creation and he'd been working his redemptive plan and he had spoken through the mouths of his prophets. But as Malachi put down his pen, as Malachi finished writing and we see that Malachi wrote into the people of Israel, the Lord goes silent. And for 400 years, there is no prophet that hears anything from the Lord. There is no writing from the Lord. There is God is not speaking to his people in this moment. It is quiet for 400 years, 397 to be exact. But religion is still taking place. There are still people who are in synagogues when the temple is destroyed. And there is religion taking place. But God seems to be nowhere in the scene to be found. There are people having church. But God's not at the church. We know he's omnipresent. He's everywhere. But he is not participating. And there is no prophet that is hearing from God. God has moved back his hand. And he is not speaking. And there is a deficit of the divine. And I've come to tell you that when there is a deficit of divine disaster and desperation, step in that the people of Israel are in a hurting place. The people of Israel are in a desperate replace because God is not speaking and they keep passing from hand to hand oppression to oppression and a question began to raise in my mind what do you do when God seems silent what do you do in your life when you've seen God move, you've seen miracles work in your life, but now you're at the bedside of your loved one and you're praying for God to heal him and you're getting an answer, but the answer is no. <laughs> what do you do when you're praying for God to work out a situation the way that you would want it to? What do you do when you have aches and pains in your body and you know that God will heal, but every day you wake up, the pain doesn't get better. It seems to get worse. And it almost seems like, God, do you not hear me that you are silent? What do you do when all hell is breaking loose in your life and you're praying to heaven and it does not seem like you can get a response what are you what do you do when you're praying to a God that you know is real a God that you've seen move many times but it seems like when you look at television when you look at the news when you see how the culture is going it's not getting better it's getting worse and you're praying for God for things to get better but it seems like they're getting worse and worse murders don't go down they go up immorality doesn't go backwards it goes forward and you say God, do you not hear? Churches don't fill up, but the, the, the population of churches seem to be receding, and you seem frustrated because it seems as if God is silent. 
And many of the people in the body of Christ have grown tired. Many a pastor have grown tired. I've had those conversations with uh, my congregation is not the size that it used to be. I thought that people loved God, but it seems like they're so comfortable now that they can go everywhere but church. And I'm praying for the church to fill up, but it doesn't seem like they're on the return. And what that pastor is really saying is I'm praying to God, but it seems like he's not listening. During this period of 400 years, different cultures rise and fall. We see the rise of Persia. We see the rise of Egypt in that 400 years. And we also see the rise and fall of the short stint of Alexander the Great. Alexander from Macedonia, where Brother Bob is from. Brother Bob hails from Macedonia. Alexander the Great was actually from, his father was Philip of Macedonia. And he brought in a Greek revival during this time. And it might seem that God is not working, but it began what they called the Hellenization of culture, of thought, and, and, and all those things, and philosophy. But God, he was working some things out behind the scenes because the four kingdoms that are raised during that time, or the four horns that are raised during Daniel's prophecy, that although it seems like God may be quiet, although it may seem like the enemy is winning, but God even uses the sinner for his purpose. God even uses the godless for his perfect purpose just because you cannot see or hear him speaking does not mean that he is not moving in the events of man and women it might seem that our country is moving further and further away from God. And instead of trying to legislate morality, we've started to legislate immorality. We begin to do things with which God is not pleased. And God, and it might seem to the believer that God is silent, but I submit to you today that God is working things behind the scenes and many Christians are frustrated. And it seems like we are losing ground. And you've asked yourself that question, God, where are you? Why do you not hear our distress? Why do you not hear our cry? Hallelujah. We see the rise in the Hellenization of the culture in that 400 years. And we also see the downgrade of Greece and the uprising of Rome. And under the uprising of Rome, which is part of Daniel's prophecy that we see in the Old Testament, we see that Rome has become oppressive and it is ruling with a rod of iron. And that Rome is putting the people of Israel and the world underneath its boot. And Rome has oppressed the people and the people in Judea are, are hurting and they're oppressed and they're poor and life expectancy is low because people are living in squalor and not living in the best of conditions. And if you make it to 40 as an Israelite during Palestine during the first century, you're doing really well. You're an elder because you notice that many times we see the Joseph at the birth of Jesus, but we don't see him later on. Why? Because it's coming for men to die. They don't live long. The conditions are not that good and the people are crying out to God, but they can't hear anything. <laughs> it's amazing that the people of Israel had cried out to God for 400 years in Egypt and it seemed like God had not heard them. 
But at the right moment, God brought a deliverer in the name of Moses to deliver his people. But although Moses delivered the Israelites, although Joshua took them into the promised land, we studied that on Wednesday night that Joshua couldn't bring them into the entire promise. You know why? Because God wasn't just trying to bring them into a geographical location, but he was trying to bring mankind into a spiritual kingdom. And now for 400 years again, we see man in a deficit we see man stricken with sin and we see man without the presence of God but I hear the prophet saying that the people in, that are walking in darkness have seen a great light and just because you do not see God does not mean that he is not on the way They become tired and worn down with waiting for change while Jesus is being born, while our king is coming to us. There is a Roman general who he is so brutal that he decides when they raise up a rebellion in Israel, he crucifies 2,000 Jewish men and hangs them up and down the roads to Jerusalem and leaves their bodies there to rot. So when you will go down the road to Jerusalem, terror will feel, strike their hearts and they will know that Rome should not be messed with. Rome should not be played with. This is the type of environment that they are living in and they seem to think that God is silent and here we come into our text. We see in the temple that God is working it out behind the scenes and we see a young man an old man rather named Simeon. Somebody say I'm just waiting on Jesus. We see Simeon in the temple. <laughs> Simeon has been praying to God. Simeon has not given up hope. Simeon has believed that although times are dark, we should take a lesson from Simeon that when you are at the, the darkest parts of your life, you should still remember that God is God and he will do just what he said. Simeon is filled with faith. He's not having faith for a car, Pastor Ernie. He's not having faith for a house or, or, or anything else. He's having faith that God is going to bring the Mashiach, the Messiah, in Greek, the Christ, the Christos. He's bringing the anointed one. The one that will come and bring salvation to mankind. Some people think that Christ is his last name, but Christ is a title. Christ is the Greek version of what they used to use in the Hebrew tongue, Mashiach or Messiah. He is the anointed one of God. He has come to deliver his people from the oppression of sin. He has come to break the back of sin. He has come to break the back of the devil. He has come to break the back of death, hell, in the grave, and he comes in the form of a little boy. He comes in the form of an infant, and we find Simeon here at the temple, and he came, and the Bible says, and he came in the spirit, verse 27, into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child to Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took up the baby in his arms, and he blessed God, and he said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for I have, my eyes have seen your salvation. Hmm. 
that you have prepared in the presence of all the people a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory of your people Israel. God always had a plan to reconcile Jew and Gentile to bring both into himself. God is bringing all mankind unto himself and they marveled at what he was saying but I want you to pay attention to Anna as well because the Bible said that after her husband died Anna had spent her entire life in the temple worshiping and praying waiting for the day and it seemed like at the age of 84 life expectancy is low Anna would probably be the equivalent of 125 in today's years because people didn't live that long but I've come to let you know something if God has made you a promise I don't care what happens I don't care what life expectancy said God is not a man that he should lie nor the son of man that he should change his mind if God has made a promise for you before you leave this earth, he will bring it to pass. <laughs> and when they see this man, this young child, they are essentially saying he was worth the wait. Somebody right now in their life, you're seeing things in your life and you're saying that life is struggling for me because this sounds familiar. They are waiting for God to show up. They're waiting for a light in the darkness. And here we find it in our text today. They realize that God is not silent. And Anna and Simeon show us something. They show us that it may take a long, something that it may take some of us a long time to recognize that whether he comes now, whether he delays, or tears, or even in the last moments of our short life, that Jesus is worth the wake. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I have some loved ones that people say they will never come to Christ. And they've gotten old and they still haven't come to Christ. Don't you stop praying for them. Because if they find Jesus, even on their deathbed, Jesus is worth the wait. Hallelujah. There's a song that says, when I see Jesus, amen. When I see the one who died for me, amen. All of my troubles, all of my sorrows will be soon be over when I see Jesus, amen. But the truth of the matter is, although our mind knows that Pastor Ernie, although our heart knows that Austin, the truth of the matter is we get tired sometimes. We get tired of waiting. That's why the Bible is filled with encouragement and it tells us be not weary and well doing for in due season we shall receive if we faint not. Why? Because we feel like fainting and giving up sometimes. Pastor Ernie, have you ever felt like throwing in the towel and giving up and quitting sometime and walking away from the pulpit and never preaching again and saying that's enough. I've had my feel. Y'all can have it. I'm gone. Anybody else said I've given up on it. The world is getting too bad. I'm going to go and crawl in my space and mind my business because it seems like all oh, hope is lost. <laughs> and we all act, ask the same question in life. How do I keep the hope of heaven when I am experiencing the heaviness of hell? How do I keep the hope of heaven? While experiencing the heaviness of hell. What do you mean? I'm living in a fallen world. You don't have to die just to go to hell. I submit to you that hell is all around you. 
that the devil has not stopped being rampant. Although he is defeated, he is still running rampant in the hearts of men, causing division, causing war, causing immorality. He's still doing it. How do I keep hope when it seems like Christianity is going further and further, not to the foreground, but to the background? And I seem like a dinosaur because my values line up with the values of the Bible. Isaiah gives us the prescription. Sister Barbara, he gives us a, a prescription. It's in Isaiah chapter 40, starting at verse 30. Isaiah chapter 40, starting at verse 30. It says this, if you're tired, don't worry about it. Isaiah 40 and 30 says this, even youth shall faint and be weary, and young men, men shall fall exhausted. Boy, but they that wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. Hallelujah. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and they are not faint. They shall not faint. Hallelujah. I want you to read that scripture with me. And I want you to read it with fervor and power because somebody's at that point right now. You need to believe this in your life. You're sick in your body, sick in your mind, sorrowful because you lost a loved one and you're tired of waiting and you're fixing to give up. I want you to declare this in faith you know why pastor day because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of god we're going to declare in faith let's read it together what does it say but they who wait for the lord shall renew their strength they shall mount up with wings like eagles they shall run and not be weary they shall walk and not faint <laughs> When life was full of them and vigor, ha, he lets us know that none of us are immune. Even young men get tired sometimes. They exhaust the limits of their natural resources. I know some of us are looking back in the days when we were 17 and 18 and we could run as fast and as long as we wanted to. I submit to you today, Austin, I can outrun any young man for 30 yards after that. It's over with. <laughs> 30 yards, 90 feet is what you got. After that, you're going to pass and I'm going to let you pass. But, it, but we, we look for the day when life was full of vim and vigor and we sat down, Pastor Ernie, and we got up and we didn't have to rock to the side. We didn't have to think about how we were going to get up. We didn't have to think about what we were going to grab. We just got up. <laughs> And now that's a life decision. I have to determine how I'm going to get up. Why? Because if I get up wrong, I may not get up again for a while because I'm going to fall. Anybody ever been in that position? We look back to our youth and think that if I just had my youth, that I would have, I would get back to the good old day. But I submit to you, there are many that are physically fit, but mentally depleted. We covet youth when we get older, remembering the vitality and fervor with which we used to attack life. We use youth as our frame of reference, even when life, or when life was good, when life was full of them and vigor. And when the, we long for those days that seem not as hard to live, when we didn't have to think about all the pills and the medications and things that people have to take. But we are looking with a skewed view and a skewed frame of reference for even young men. And women get tired. God is letting you know something. He's letting you know no matter how young you are, how much strength you have, 
you don't have more strength than I do. When I am weak, he is strong. He wants you to give up. Amen. He wants you to give up. The enemy wants you to throw in the tile and make, make it seem like you can't make it. But God is saying, quit trying to do it under your own strength. No matter how young you are, you will fall. You will falter. Even young men get tired. The only thing that doesn't get tired or who doesn't get tired is God. Hallelujah. It's comforting to know this. Why? Because God is not tired even when our time frame has expired. I'm hopeful because even if a promise is not completed in my lifetime, I'm thankful that he let me take part in the promise that he had. And I have faith that God will finish what he started. Isaiah prophesied about Christ. Prophets prophesied about Christ. They did not live to see him there, but they prophesied in faith because they knew something that was going to be written in the, in the New Testament, that he who begun a good work in you is faithful to complete it. God doesn't leave any unfinished projects. So I want you to be encouraged today that if you're not where you think you need to be and you say, Lord, my life is a mess. I'm blessed, but my life is a mess and I don't see where to go. I've come to let you know God's not finished with you yet. God doesn't do unfinished projects. He didn't save you to leave you where you are. He, he saved you to take you from glory to glory and faith to faith and love to level. God is not through with you yet. God is not finished with you. He said they shall mount up with wings and eagles. Why does he use this language? Because in Exodus verse chapter 19 verse 14 it says this. Deliverance is a passage. It's a passage and phrase that lets you know and they would have well known that God is letting them know in due season he will Deliver you. Somebody say he will, he will. Deliver. deliver. He has, he has. delivered. He, deliver. <laughs> he, shall. he shall deliver. deliver. Hallelujah. Somebody needs to hear that word of faith this morning that God will deliver. He has delivered. He shall deliver. Why? Because you're at all different points in this sanctuary in your life. Some of you are at the point where you've lived long enough that you know he will deliver. But you haven't finished all the storms in your life. At some point in time, while you're in the midst of your storm, you will need to know that he will deliver. <laughs> I don't care what age you are. All of us go through trouble and trials in life. Hallelujah. And we have to remember that God will do what he said. And if you'll just wait on Jesus and not give up, he will renew your strength. He said, I know young men get weary and old men fail. But this is what I want you to do. I just need you to wait on me. 
Sometimes we are in the business of trying to make things happen, Sister Linda. We're in the business of trying to make things shake. We are movers and shakers, especially in our westernized and American culture. We don't, we don't need anything to happen. There was a famous singer one time that said, I don't need nobody. I know it's improper, Grandma, to give me nothing. He said, open up the door and I get it myself. That sounds fine, but you never get it yourself because if you have strength to get it, it's because God God gave you the strength in the first place. <laughs> they shall run. Somebody said my running is not over. <laughs> Some of us think that we're through running and we finish running our way. You, as long as you have breath and your body have not finished running your race. <laughs> they shall run and not be weary. Well, pastor, I got bursitis in my knee and I got gout. I can't run. That's okay. He thought about you. He said, they shall walk and not faint. I don't care. Dr. King said, if you, can't, if you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. However you do it, don't give up. God will give you the strength. I can't stand up and serve at soup kitchen, pastor. That's okay. I need prayer in this church more than anything. Can you get a prayer through? You don't have to stand up to pray. You can pray from your seat. You can pray on your knee. We need everybody in this building from young to old to get into the position that God is calling them to and realize that God is not finished with you. God is not through with you. You may think that he's not listening to you, but I've come to tell you, you felt like you were old. You felt like you were done you will feel like you were abandoned but I've come to tell you that God is here and he's worth the way Jesus how do you know but pastor I'm weak well let's talk to Paul Paul said when I'm weak then I am strong my strength is made perfect in your weakness the Lord said don't worry about what you don't have. Just wait upon the Lord. I don't care if you have to come to the altar every Sunday. Wait on him. And that doesn't mean just sit and do nothing. That means I work while I wait. I keep working with expectation. That's what faith is. Faith means that I have, I have expectation and hope. So I'm working like it's going to be there. You know what, Pastor Ernie, when I got ready to start a trucking company, I ain't have one truck. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't have a trucking company, but the Lord had put on my heart to do a trucking company, and I, I said, I'm going to do a trucking company. And somebody said, How you going to do a trucking company? You never did, done a trucking company. I said, But I know one thing. If I start working and God put it on my heart, God will bring it to pass. So you know what I did? I went down to the Secretary of State's office and I opened up a trucking company. And 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 I didn't have any trucks, brother. Ernie, and I, I went on down and I, I decided to go to the bank and I opened up a bank account and didn't have any money to put in the bank account, Pastor Ernie. I, I had money for trucks. I went on down by faith and I set up a business plan and I set up all this stuff, but I had still not seen one truck in my yard. And by the time I got there, I got business cards. I had got bank accounts. I had got my Braddock Hicks or whatever score, my credit score. Everything was set up. I was working like my company was on the way, but I didn't know what to do with the company. And the Lord told me, call this person. And I called 
called this person, and it was a friend, and I said, hey, what are you doing? He said, I just started a trucking company. <laughs> I said, you did? He said, yeah. I said, would you mind teaching me what you know? He said, I wouldn't mind at all. And now I have somebody who knows the trucking business, but I still don't have any trucks. And I went by faith, and God opened up some doors to give me cash. And before I knew it, Lord, Brother Ernie, I had cash. I, I was always a saver. I was cheap anyway. But at the end of the day, before you knew it, you looked in the yard, and there was an 18-wheeler sitting out there. I didn't have a driver, but I kept walking. Why did I keep walking? Because as I began to walk, you got to work and walk like you know God will do what he said he would do. And now I have a business. I have a corporation. I have a truck. I don't have a driver. But you know what? God worked it out, and the driver walked right on in. Brother Ernie, what am I saying? You got to work like God is going to work it out, even when you can't see him walk it out, because we walk by faith and not by sight. He did it for one truck. He did it for another truck. I worked in transportation. I was worked in rental cars and logistics and all that stuff for a while. But I watched God move by faith. A little boy who grew up in a poor area of town, single mother. Statistics said probably wouldn't make much of myself. with employees. Why? Because I didn't listen to what people said I couldn't do. I waited on Jesus. Many a day I had to cry. Many a day I had to toil. But when I go to my grave, it's off my bucket list, brother Ernie, whether I run another truck or not, it doesn't matter. And guess what? He blessed my life through that. And you know what? He was worth the wait. He helped me bless other people. He helped me give employment to other people who, one, one of my drivers, he, he was great, and he said, I want to get my kids out of the hood, and I want to be able to make the money that I need to make to get out, my kids out of the hood. Pastor Ernie, don't you know he moved his kids out of the hood into a good school district, and God blessed him through a favor that he had given to me, and guess what? It meant that Christ was worth the wait, and guess what? I got to share the love of Jesus, because you know what, Brother Dave? When you own your own company, you have the rules. There's no HR telling me I can't talk about God. I own everything. I talk about God. As a matter of fact, I called it lifeline. Why? Because Jesus is the lifeline. He was worth the wait. And when the time and season was up, I, I left that to go. It's still there. But at the same time, I moved this way. Not knowing what I would see. But knowing that God still had a plan for my life. That a trucking company or company wasn't the end all, be all. That God still had work for me to do. And as I've accomplished, you know what? Right now, if today was my last day on earth, I'd be sad for my kids. But do you not know the Lord has allowed me to accomplish everything my heart wanted to accomplish? I'm happy. I have no regrets. My grave will be bankrupt. I've done everything that the Lord has put on my heart to do. But guess what? He still has more for me to do. And I'm not done yet. Why am I telling you all this? Because you're not done yet. I don't care what you've accomplished. I don't care what station you made it to in life. I don't care if the world says you made it. Christ still has work for you to do.
And somebody saying, I don't feel like it. My life is in shambles. Every time I wake up, I'm hurting. I just wake up to hurt. I go to sleep, Pastor, so I don't have to think about the pain. Every time I, I wake up, I think about my loved one that's gone and they're not there. And I'm praying and it doesn't seem like God even hears what I'm saying. I read this and I let you go. Isaiah brings the last part of our prescription. Isaiah chapter 40, he says this, comfort ye, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry for her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, that she has received the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain will may be made low. God is saying, I'm going to level the playing field. You gave up the things that I gave you. You chose sin instead of me. And you may be in the valley or you may be up high, but I'm going to level everything out. I'm going to send my son. Hallelujah. And even the uneven ground shall become level and the rough places plain. And then this is the best part. This is what Simeon and Anna saw. And the glory. Everybody saying the glory. And the glory of God shall be revealed and all flesh, hallelujah, shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Hallelujah. I've come to tell you, just wait on Jesus. It doesn't matter what the world looks like. It doesn't matter what the news says. It may seem like we're losing, but God had never stopped working. And no matter how much you see that evil reigns in the earth, because God sent his son in the form of an infant and he hung and he died. It may seem like this party or that party is winning or this regime or that regime is winning. But I've come to tell you, even though you see like you may be losing guess what every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord they may call you simple or stupid for believing in God Elizabeth but guess what one day those same tongues that said that they, you were dumb for believing in Jesus will have to say what you said voluntarily that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father And the beautiful part is that all flesh will see it together. All flesh will see one time. You may die. We may have left our American renaissance, Brother Bob, where America was dominant and the Americans could be proud of what they'd accomplished and things. But we may have left that. We may be headed on a downward spiral because every signal that has civilization had that where it's going on decline, America is doing right now. We stopped trusting in God and we started trusting in our riches. We stopped trying to live and, and let God's morality reign and we do whatever we feel like we're big enough and bad enough to do. We may be on the decline, but I want your heart to be encouraged that no matter how bad it gets, that one day the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And just because he's not speaking as loud as he used to doesn't mean that he's not working it out and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken.
of the Lord has spoken. Hold on a little while longer. I want to encourage your hearts. We love to give you hope and tell you that everything's going to be good, but I submit to you that it might not get better. It may get worse, but even if it does, be encouraged because just like he waited 400 years for Egypt and they laid in Egypt and he delivered them just like he was silent for 400 years all the time between Malachi up until the point of the gospel if he's silent for another 400 years I can lay my head on my pillow and breathe my life out sweetly and go to glory knowing that even if he doesn't come back in my lifetime he's worth the wait That one day he'll come and he'll tell me, servant, well done. They were waiting for him for one reason. And I'm waiting for him for another. They were waiting for a Messiah to liberate Israel. I'm waiting for a king to come back and liberate this world and this body from this flesh of death. Paul says, when this, when this, this corruptible shall put on incorruptible, Pastor Ernan, when the, oh, Jesus, <laughs> this flesh is temporary. This corruptible that gets old and, 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 and has aches and pains and I, I, we have to go to the gym all the time to keep it up. One day this corruptible shall put on incorruptible and no matter how many times the doctor patches you up, you cannot run the undertaker unless Jesus comes. But one day this mortal shall put on immortality. And one day I'll walk up and I'll be able to tell my troubles to God. And John has already told me, no matter what pains were in my life, somebody walked in in the middle of praise team rehearsal talking about the pain that they got in their life. And we got to minister to them. And I was glad to minister to them. But no matter what pains you had in your life, one day you'll be able to walk to the feet of Jesus and you'll be able to cry and it'll be okay because it says, and God shall wipe away every tear from their eyes. All flesh shall see it together. Pastor, I'm young and I seem alone and it's not cool to love Jesus. That's okay. He's worth the wait. When you live forever and you walk on golden streets. When you can see your Lord and Savior. You'll say he's worth the wait. You can say like Anna and Simeon. Mine eyes have seen the salvation. If you don't know it, if you're listening to my voice, don't wait anymore. Give your life to him right now. Even if you're online, while you have the choice. Because you get to declare that he is Lord and you will do it one way or the other. You will do it willingly with joy or one day you may do it unwillingly with terror. Because the same God that releases love has wrath that's stored up for those who reject him. He says this in Hebrews, the day that you hear my voice, harden not your heart. He's letting you know he's worth the wait. Every head bowed, every eye closed.
God, we thank you. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your encouragement of our hearts. That we can hold on and wait for you even when the things in the culture may be pointing toward the fact that you are, Lord God, here. But things seem to be getting worse in many cases. And the world seems to be getting wickeder and wickeder, God. But God, we thank you that we know you haven't gone anywhere. That through all of this, you are still working and you have an expected end in mind. I pray that we are encouraged and that our hearts are strong to continue in the faith until you call us home. And we'll be careful to give you praise. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.